0: Hello and welcome to the Movie Nuts Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Shive, and I'm the administrator of the closed Facebook group, The Movie Nuts, where we talk about movies, post lots of polls, lots of questions for everybody to answer. And if you're interested in joining after listening to the podcast, please ask to be invited. As we are coming towards the end of October, uh, one of my favorite months for movies, just because of the Halloween connections and all that, I wanted to put together... Tonight, um, a real brief synopsis of what what movies I think you would put on a list if you were going to do a, a holiday Halloween evening screening. Uh, I've picked out five. Don't know why five. Five just sound like a good number. Although you'd have to set aside pretty much the majority of a day to watch all of these. But if if someone were to say to me, "Hey, I want to see a nice mix of great horror movies." Uh, on halloween what would you pick this is what i would pick Um, i'm also going to do a second one of these with some more hidden gems uh, because most of these are quite frankly fairly mainstream and well known but maybe you haven't seen some of them and if you haven't and you're a horror fan at all i highly recommend these uh just for fun i put them in the order i would show them if i were screening the all-day film festival or if uh anyone remembers back to the glorious days of drive-ins, this would be a great dusk-to-dawn run-through on a Halloween evening. So if you want to drive in... Hey, did I say drive-through? Drive in. Drive in. Here would be some programming. I would start off with one of my all-time favorites. It's a little dated. It's black and white. Don't boo so loudly. But it's really scary and really atmospheric, and it really... Captures the spirit of what would later become the classic sort of haunted house uh, paradigm. This is 1963's The Haunting, uh, directed by Robert Wise, who has a long and storied career, including Star Trek The Motion Picture, and uh, The Sound of Music. Uh, Robert Wise directed a lot of great things. Anyway, um, The Haunting is about four people who are investigating a haunted house, and the haunted house has an awful history with a really bad person who built it, and his wife died before she could set foot in it, and all sorts of things like that. They are made up of people who have some psychic involvement, including a mm, psychologist, physicist, played by Richard Johnson, uh, an heir to the ownership of the house, played by Russ Tamblin and... Uh, Julie Harris is Eleanor, a potentially emotionally disturbed young lady who had uh, what they refer to as a poltergeist incident where ghosts threw rocks at her house uh, in the past, and she's the, the center of the story. The last character is one of my favorites, played by Claire Bloom, who is known as Theo, who has no other name and turns out to be a very interesting character overall. The house, of course is dark and shadowy and unpleasant and eventually we begin to hear the history of it and the house begins to mess with the people in it. Uh, It has some really great creepy moments. It has some wonderful effects created only by a little bit of light or sound or other suggested things. Uh, Given it was made in the 60s you're not going to have flying bloody corpses uh, all over the place but from the standpoint of fright and letting your imagination run wild, *The Haunting* is a great, fun, fun movie. Um, I always liked it. It's just a little scary, maybe for young kids, but there's no there's no blood and guts in it. Um, there is one line to watch for, though, because it's just it's always made me laugh because it's sort of so artificially attempting at being scary when it's not. There's a moment where all of them discover mysteriously something has been written on one of the walls in big letters and the rust hamlin character puts his hand in the dusty white stuff and says chalk and the psychologist uh puts his hands in it and rubs it tastes it and says no something like chalk i don't know what the hell that means but i've always thought that was the goofy okay what's like chalk anyway uh it's not very long and it's an interesting psychological tale. And the, the ending is fairly satisfying for most Haunted House movies. And again, uh, if you like those kinds of movies, you're going to see where a lot of the um, the influence of this movie comes into later, later films. So that's what I would start with. And if you're going to find a big, creepy, nasty, scary place to scare the bejesus out of people, the next one I'm putting on is Stanley Kubrick's wonderful version of Stephen King's The Shining. Uh, again, if you haven't seen this and you love scary movies, you are missing you are missing out and you should you should put this one in your DVD player or stream it uh, as soon as you can. Uh, basic story is very basic. Uh, a writer who may or may not have a drinking problem agrees to be the caretaker of a remote Colorado hotel that is closed during the inclement weather because it's simply too hard to get to. And so every year the place clears out and they hire uh, a family, apparently, to be the caretaker of of the place, turn the heat on, make sure the pipes don't freeze, etc., for a, a several-month stretch. Now, as you can imagine, the whole setup of it is the idea that These people are going to be isolated, uh, completely cut off, and alone in the harshest part of winter in this gigantic cavernous hotel, which has exactly the effect you might think. Jack Nicholson plays the frustrated writer father, Jack Torrance. Uh, His wife is played by Shelley Duvall, who unfortunately does always look like olive oil no matter what role she's in. And a little boy named Danny Lloyd uh, plays their son. Uh, the Shining, the title, refers to the little boy who has this power that he doesn't fully understand and hasn't totally developed essentially to see into the future and to sort of see in the past. In, in an exceptionally clever interpretation of how a child would take this power, he has a an imaginary friend who talks to him through his finger named Tony. Uh, It's wonderfully creepy, but it, it strikes you as exactly the kind of thing that a little boy would do in his own mind to explain these hunches and visions. Well, as you can imagine, once they're left all alone up in this big creepy hotel, things begin to happen, and stranger and stranger things begin to materialize in front of them. But the greatest thing about the movie is that it never bothers trying to really explain anything. It leaves you able to wonder what exactly happened because once you reach one conclusion, the easy one, which is that Jack Nicholson's losing his marbles, there are hints that he's not the only one seeing or hearing or encountering these things. But as the movie goes on and he becomes scarier and scarier and the fact that they're isolated here in this place which isn't what it seems becomes scarier and scarier it's just a fabulously atmospheric movie it's Kubrick's direction which of course is always meticulous makes the hotel this completely unintelligible maze the way that you follow the characters through it you've no idea where anything is and all of the scenes are filmed with this tremendously claustrophobic sense of balance uh, there are always matching ceiling to floor to walls to items balancing everywhere and the whole movie feels very claustrophobic and that's never uh, played better than in a fabulous scene where the little boy has a big wheel I don't know if anyone remembers what those are but they're like a, uh, the old time little motorcycle you would pedal when you weren't too, too, uh, too young to ride a bicycle And he is riding through the hallways somewhere in the hotel. And he passes between periods where he's riding on the carpet, and then he's riding on the the hardwood floor. And the sound it makes is troubling. It's the silence. If you can imagine the plastic wheels on the carpet, followed by very loud on on uh, on the wood, followed by quiet on the carpet. And he turns corners with you following behind him so you have no idea what comes around the corner until he sees it uh it the meticulous use of the steady cam is also a great part of this movie Uh, and kubrick uses it incredibly in in several sequences Uh, if you haven't seen it again i don't want to spoil it it is a stephen king book uh strangely well not strangely king does not really like the movie very much um, it differs from his book in, in many respects, one of them being that uh, in the book, I believe, uh, the wife is actually like a former cheerleader or considered to be very attractive, and Shelley Duval is very sheepishly scary all the time, petrified, wide-eyed, whatever, which is not the, the character uh, of Wendy so much in the book. Plus... Um, King, Stephen King has admitted that he, he thinks that really this book was sort of his subconscious letting out some frustration uh, while he was going through the, the bout of fighting alcoholism and trying to raise children and that Kubrick's interpretation sort of misses the point on that. Nonetheless, all of, all of that aside, it's a great horror movie. Uh, for someone with the incredible directing talents and the vision of Stanley Kubrick to decide to make a horror movie is pretty special in and of itself but he makes a really really good one uh and there there are just some scenes again in it that will there's some jumps but it has a a great sense of horror overall so the shining would be my second third since it is halloween uh you can't not include john carpenter's seminal halloween uh the original real slasher flick Apologies to Psycho and Alfred Hitchcock. But the original low-budget, uh, low-morality low circumstance where teenagers who have sex or do drugs or drink uh, end up on the wrong end of various stabbings or impalings or whatever. But Carpenter takes this fairly rudimentary story, which again, if you haven't seen, here's the, the, the short version, uh, Halloween night in a small town in Illinois uh, Jamie Lee Curtis this is what made her famous and of course it also doesn't hurt that her mother was Janet Lee from Psycho, dad Tony Curtis by the way um, is babysitting a couple of neighborhood kids on Halloween and what happened is a, 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 a little boy who killed his sister when he was little years ago and has been locked up in an asylum ever since, escapes and heads back home, and he happens to pick Halloween to head back home, and he happens to start picking off, one by one, various teenagers uh, around the area, ultimately ending up with Jamie Lee Curtis, trying to protect these these two little children. Um, The character is named Michael Myers, not to be confused with the uh, Austin Powers actor, but... One of the great things about it, and this is what I love about low-budget, well-made movies, is the Michael Myers, the killer character, wears a mask. Well, the mask is this sort of featureless white face. And what's great about it is, when they were looking for masks, low-budget again, remember, it's a Captain Kirk mask. It's a William Shatner mask painted white. So the scary mask that is worn by the killer is, in fact, a Star Trek Captain Kirk mask. But it's, it's wonderfully effective because this ominous, noiseless hulk of a character that just mercilessly kills people and possesses inhuman, incredible strength and, and all this is, is a great sort of monolithic presence of, of impending death. And then on top of it, John Carpenter, who typically scores his own films off of his, his synthesizer tracks. Uh, ironically, he did not do the thing, although it sounds like his. Created the iconic music, which is just a repeating figure high up on a keyboard with a, uh, a regulated beat behind it. It's, it's somewhat of a precursor, honestly, if you want to think of it this way, uh, to the late 90s, uh, more gothic, nine-inch nails-ish. Uh, kind of techno music with the, the repeating figure beat but the music um, that accompanies Michael Myers is is tense and wonderful and really adds to the atmosphere again if you've never seen the original Halloween I had the good fortune last year uh, in one of the events uh, that they put it back up on the big screen it was really fun to see the only problem was is that the print was very dark um, but it, it's it's a great movie with lots of jumps and jolts uh, it's more terror than horror but still the idea that your home could be invaded by this invulnerable creature with apparently no function other than to kill people is, is pretty close to horror uh, it also has one of the great theater jump scenes when Laurie, who's the Lee the Curtis character, thinks she has finally done in Michael Myers and he's laying prone uh, on the on the floor of a bedroom behind her, and she's catching her breath. And it's a great shot, and in classic suspense tradition, thank you, Alfred Hitchcock, shot so you can see the huge open area behind her shoulder where she's obviously not looking. I won't tell you what happens, but let me just tell you, it's, it's so well-blocked, and the moment is so perfect that even in the theater when people remember what happens when i saw it with 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 other people everyone's still went, ah, as this event happened but that's what makes the movie work is it's full of jumps it's full of jolts and the invulnerable uh michael myers continuing to come back from every time he theoretically should have been killed sets up all the friday the 13th uh a nightmare on elm street any any number of films oh Oh, this original breakthrough uh, a, a debt for being made, frankly, because it was filmed for nothing, made a fortune, and as we all know in Hollywood, that is an ultra-success formula. Moving right along, a more recent entry is what I would put in. That's another one if you haven't seen. It's really fun, and it's really scary. That's Paranormal Activity, which is a, a quote, found footage unquote film uh, about Two young people who are living together and their home becomes invaded by an otherworldly spirit. And they attempt to figure out why, but more importantly, they set a, uh, a, a camera up to, to tape or to video what happens in their room or what ha- so that they can see it later because all these terrible things happen while they're sleeping. It's great for for such a limited concept it's played well uh the two leads are are interesting it, it manages to allow for the idea that when they move from the bedroom someone picking up a camera isn't ridiculous which is a problem that other ones and derivative ones have is the idea that people are always running around with cameras um this one works for that and it has some some serious chills uh, along with some good jumps and jolts. And it's, it's a fun movie. And I, I highly recommend it. It spawned a series, and it it launched a gazillion uh, found-footage-type movies, which you can really trace back to the, the original Blair Witch Project. But I think Paranormal Activity, frankly, does it better. Uh, but I mean, Blair Witch should get the credit it deserves for what it was. but But Paranormal figures out uh, a better way to go about it um, ultimately several of the other ones in the series are pretty good but uh, the paranormal the first paranormal activity is worthwhile it's not particularly long uh, and it's very rough looking um, intentionally but again it's a a low budget creation that just the, the you, you can you can tell that the people making it were having a ball making it much like carpenter's Halloween so that's number four in my list because I'm as you're picking up steam here. If you're going to do this, you're going to do it right on Halloween. The last film you should watch is one I've talked about in a previous podcast, so I won't belabor that part of it. But if you want to see what I still consider to be sort of the ultimate horror film in the true word of horror, you got to go with The Exorcist. Uh, the story of a little girl possessed by the devil himself who crosses paths with two priests one of which is questioning his own faith and is in a a personal crisis forced to deal in theory with driving the devil out of a little girl Uh, her mother is a non-believer and has to be convinced Uh, they call in Max von Sydow who is wonderfully understated as a an exorcist a priest who has performed an exorcism before an experienced exorcist Um, but the makeup the special effects and the things that come out of this little girl's mouth including a big splatter of split pea soup at some point are fairly incredible Um, it's a terrific movie it's by far and away William Friedkin's best movie even though he made The French Connection which is an excellent film but it's, it's, it's so great and it really defines horror uh, instead of terror. Um, horror being the idea of something so visceral and so inside you that it's, it's not only frightening but it's bothersome. There's something about it that is unsettling uh, the the violation of the body of the mind of the soul etc. which goes all the way back to vampire myths. Um, it's one of the reasons Jaws is very effective because it plays on these primordial fears. Well, the idea of having yourself <clears throat> or your child in this case seized by the devil and unable to do anything about it, and the things she says and does, it gets gets right right under your skin um, but it's a terrific movie and if you're going to finish off a night and make sure everybody's still paying attention and awake to be scared I think you close it out with The Exorcist so in summation my, my five for the Dusk Till Dawn drive-in festival would be The Haunting followed by The Shining then Halloween then Paranormal Activity got to sh- close the show with The Exorcist uh, I'd be interested to hear anyone else's opinion on The Movie Nuts which you, what, what you would add, what you would take away there are of course dozens of other great horror movies you could throw in there depending on your taste but these are the five I'm putting on my, my drive-in if I can ever find one to buy so thanks again for listening uh, again we are a closed group The Movie Nuts on Facebook if you're listening and you're interested in joining uh, please ask to be invited And if you're already a member and you have thoughts about this podcast and what movies you would change, add or delete, please put that on the website and let's talk about it. Uh, The next podcast, I'm going to do five more scaries that you may not have heard of and we'll talk a little more in detail about them because I'm assuming most everyone's at least heard of the ones we talked about tonight. So anyway, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.